Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sue Costello. Hi, everybody. It's me, Sue Costello. I'm here with Walker, and we're in the Boogie Down Bronx with I Am Sue Costello, the podcast, which I am loving more than anything I've ever done in my entire career, just so you know, people. The other thing I was thinking on my way up here on the train, I was like, you know what I love about it? I love that it's like we're all alone, but we're together. Because everybody who's listening to it, like this is what I was trying to tell them with the talk show. Like you can connect with people without even being with them because you connect on a way that you reveal yourself and then it touches inside of them. And they can, and I like the idea of the podcast because they can listen to it again. I don't know, there's something cool about it. And I like the idea of the earbuds and being like, is my voice coming through? I love it. Uh, I love it. And today, guess what we're going to talk about? Oh my gosh, all that keeps happening is I keep getting this fire inside. I am on fire today. <laughs> we're going to talk about money today. I was like, why don't we just talk about all the things that they told us we were never supposed to talk about? Let's do that, right? I love it. I was talking to this woman last night. She's like, Sue, the fire inside of you is feeding on itself. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's what's happening because... It used to be that it would drain me. Or she said that to me. She said, you don't get drained. And I was watching everybody on the train on the way up here. I'm like, why do we drain each other? I'm like, it's, and then if you think about it on a global level and a climate level, like we're supposed to have sustainable energy. And that's the way they get us. They get us because they love that we fight with each other. You guys listen to me. Open your ears. They get us because we keep fighting with each other. That's all the one percenters are winning. They love it. They put something on Twitter and they say something outrageous and everybody fights about it and they go, good, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to make more money. <laughs> and everybody writes articles and this and that. And it's like, oh my gosh, they're just winning. And this, I keep, I'm going to keep saying this. How is the 1% winning when there's 99% of us? How I'm going to make a song. How is the 1% winning when there's 99% of us? That's gonna be a new song. How is the 1% winning when there's 99% of us? <laughs> I'm gonna make a musical. <laughs> that was kind of catchy. <laughs> right? Let's sing it together. Let's see. How is the 1% winning when the 99% of us? Yeah. How is the 1% winning when there's 99% of us? Woo. Let's do it as a rap. How is the 99, no, how is the 1%, right? How is the 1% winning when there's 99 motherfucking one of us? 99%, I don't know. I used to rap when I worked at McDonald's. I did. I've always tried to rap. It's not my thing, but I really wish I could rap. I used to be like, my name is Susie C and I work at Mickey D's. If you need a Big Mac, you can come see me. I thought I was the coolest when I worked at McDonald's. Did I was so I used to drink so much I had cellulite on my chin. Oh my god, I was so fat. I was like so, not even fat, it was like puffy. It was like it wasn't even like legit respectable fat. It was like cellulite from booze fat on my chin. I worked the drive through. I don't know if I, people know this, but yeah. So I've been around billionaires and I've worked at McDonald's. So don't anybody try to tell me that I don't know what's up. I know what's up. I worked I thought I was the Janet Jackson of McDonald's with that M Barracuda and the M pants. And the headset, I would do my neck like her. Welcome to McDonald's. Do you like to try a double cheese, double fries? 
oh my gosh, I'm giving McDonald's commercials now. Um, so I worked at the drive-thru, but this is like top secret information that I'm only telling the I am Sue Costello listeners. So I was the person who delivered the food. You know how you pay at one window and then you deliver the food at the other window. Well, I was always so hung on over, I couldn't get my act together. And uh, I, the, the way the window opened was there was a foot pump. So you would walk over to the window with the food. So there was a lot of coordination involved. So you had walked over to the window with the food in your hand and you put your foot on the foot pump. The foot pump would open the window. You would reach your body out to give the people the food while the foot was on the foot pump, still, to keep the window open. You would reach your body back in and then you would take your foot off the foot pump so the window would slide closed. I kept taking my foot off the foot pump while my, win- my body was halfway out the window and the window kept closing on me. <laughs> And the manager had to keep coming over and unscrewing the window and the back up of the cars and they would be beeping and they were like, if you do this one more time, you're going to get, f-. I was put on probation at McDonald's because I kept getting caught, my body caught in the drive-thru at the window. Is and that why you got fired? Because you kept getting caught in the drive-thru window? I didn't get fired because I pulled it together. I almost got fired. That was like my last straw. And I was like, all right, I got to get it together. I got to get it together. I got to make sure I do the window right. <laughs> this is the bottom. If I get fired from McDonald's, I'm, that's it. <laughs> There's no future. I will never become Sue Costello. But yeah, le- legitimately like put on probation. Mm-hmm. At McDonald's. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I'm like, whatever. Your mother. <laughs> Where's my beers? I didn't care. <laughs> When'd you stop drinking? Oh my gosh, I stopped drinking like 28 and a half years ago. Wow. That's how I got clear though. I got to tell you, all the spiritual leaders, they're like, you got to be purified, man. You got to you got to be clean. You got to, I remember this guy was talking, he had quit drinking. I saw him on an interview or in the news or something. And he was, he had like four days he hadn't drank because he was going to court. And he was like, I got to, I got to have my wits about me. And I was like, I hear you, man. I got to have my wits about me every day, even now. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's another aspect of what I would, what I would kind of be an advocate of, of putting down a little bit of the stuff that keeps you asleep. Because that's another way they control you. They, 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 they. But it's okay. So back to the money. So this is a pay what you want, what you can podcast. And we're trying this model. I'm not saying it's going to be the only way because I'm, this is a test. Because I'm fascinated with this whole idea. I was out with this girl and her husband. And the thing that the guys keep saying to me is like, you're very pragmatic. They're loving it because I don't get emotional. So, they're drawn to that. So I'm like, okay. And he said something to me that day. He said, if you give somebody an apple, they don't respect it. But if you make them pay a dime for the apple, they'll respect it. And I guess there was a part of me that needs to understand that. But there's also a part of me that wants to see if we can empower people to rise above that. Because I think the the whole money thing is part of the reason why they control us too. Like in this whole idea of 50, 50, 10, like, 50% service, 50% money, 10% tithing. Because I was, even as I was walking up here, I'm like, money is energy. Money's a thing. Money's a, like, the, the paper isn't, but the way we do business with it and the way people hold power over each other and the way they, they keep it tight or they give it away too much or you overspend or your deprivation or it's all, and now all I ever try to do is go to the middle. I want to always go to the middle. I was just going to say, it's the perfect balance because it's generosity and knowing your worth at the same time yes. and not giving it away for free. And all of a sudden now everybody's working for free. It's like insane, but also, okay, so that, so now we're going to get to the thing with me, with the guys, with this business that I'm, you guys, I'm telling you, I, maybe it'll even help the guys. Cause they probably don't even know what they're doing. I'm like, I don't even know how I did this. Okay. So doing business as a woman, it's like, are you they don't let you do it. <laughs> they do not. I mean, 
straight up, like legit, because I don't miss a trick. Colin Farrell, Alec Baldwin, all of them. You scam me. I'm like, why? Why am I scaring you? Because you don't miss a trick. Well, what are you tricking? What are you tricking? And, and so what? So what if I don't miss a trick? I remember being sitting with an agent one time and he's like, what? He's like, you want to be respected for the way you think, not the way you look? And I was like, why do I have to choose? Like, what do you... And, and a lot of times I don't even take into consideration what I look like. But, but lately I've been like, yeah, I, that's being asleep too. Cause it's like, I realize these meetings with these guys, like I'm just doing business with them. And then the back of their head, they're like, I'm dating her. I might go out with her one day. And then when I'm not participating in that, they're like, bye. And I'm like, what just happened? I'm telling you, I told a girl last night, there's, there's a club that I can't work. And I find out, I finally found, I remember they told me, me and my friend were laughing so hard on the street. I mean, we ha I have to laugh at this, you guys. We're laughing on the street and maybe it is that. I mean, I remember my old manager used to say, nobody believes that you worked at McDonald's because the way you look, Sue. And I never wanted to apply what I looked like. And also, I feel like if I say I'm pretty, everybody's going to be like, you're not that pretty. I'm always nervous about that. <laughs> and pretty, does it last forever? I don't know. I always felt like if you built it on that, it's so like, but I guess you have to be in the world the way that you are. So, so this guy was like, I was like, I want to work in club. And he's like, you will never work my club. Never, ever, 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 ever work my club. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, I don't even remember if anything ever happened with this person. And it's near my hometown. And I'm like, well, so then I'm like, can I talk to your boss? And his boss was his father. Thinking full well that the father was going to, and because I even said to them like, okay, did I ever do anything? Can you give me something like tangible that can help me fix the business? Like, what can I do? It's like they paralyze you. And the father was like, you will never, ever, 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 ever work this club. And a guy that I was at Christmas with had called the guy and been like, Sue, you're awesome. I want you to work. I'm going to call my friend. I play golf with him. And he still was like, you will never, ever, ever, ever work. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I mean, my friend would laugh at She's like, Sue, how do you tolerate being a female comedian? She's like, how would anybody survive somebody just telling them that they will never, ever, ever work? And we were crying, laughing. I remember on the street, I'm like, I was when I started to see how absurd it was because I had another person with me who wasn't in the business. And I was like, just that idea of that crippling, like, what? And then I find out just recently from a manager, she's like, oh, yeah, that guy got in trouble with like some sexual assault thing. And I'm like, oh, 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 so this is what's been going on. And that's what they're saying is starting to happen now that they're like, don't let the women in the meetings. I'm like, no, how about the, oh, wait, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this very clearly. Sexual harassment and sexual assault is not a woman's issue. It is a man's issue. Everybody's writing these things about how they shouldn't pay these guys all this money. They shouldn't do this and this and blah, blah, blah. And we got to change this and we got to enact this and we got to do this. No, men need to stop crossing the line, period. That's it. Men need to stop touching women when they're not asked to touch them. That's it, period. In the workplace, predominantly. I mean, that's like a no-brainer. Don't touch us. Don't think you're going to date us. I'm like, no, we're not dating. We're doing business. <laughs> do you understand do you guys it has taken me this long in my career to even put that into my brain to I just want to say if you ever wonder why women have a hard time like I have a big mouth I've been doing this for a long time and it's taken me this long to even understand what goes on in this this so so I was supposed to do a tour in China so the guy uh I had I, my passport had expired and I was in LA it was in the in May and I my passport had expired and I had a uh, um Oh, I was in LA, I was in Miami and I was in Boston. So I was shooting a pilot in LA. I was doing stand-up in Boston and uh, I was in Miami for a Bravo uh, TV show within like four days. And so the guy emailed me in May. Now I was going in August to China. 
He emailed me in May and he's like, Sue, we need your passport. I said, I understand. I said, I need to renew it. I said, it's the first thing on my agenda Monday when I get home. But it was only May. I would have had it in plenty of time. And if I had to make it go fast, whatever the express, I would have done that, right? Well, that Friday, he emails me while I'm doing all my work and says, Sue, we need your passport. And I remember sitting there going, I just told the guy Wednesday that I'm not home until Monday. So here, you want to talk about like, and I'm I'm going to do a whole episode on the, um, the, the, the parallels between the sexual and the financial. Because even just as I was talking, I was thinking, you want to talk about tying my hands together, like that's sexual. Submission, tie my hands. You're tying my hands. Like you're yelling at me. I just, what do you, it, it's like, what do you want me to do? I'm, I'm not home. I can't do it. I told you. So what are you doing? So I knew in that moment, I was like, Sue, if you do not set boundaries with this guy right now, you, you can't go to China by yourself and have this guy treat you this way. So you have to see what's happening. So I said to him, I'm, I'm wondering why you're speaking to me like that. I just told you I'll be back on Monday. And he's like, well, comics aren't re, re, uh, dependable. And I was like, well, I'm not all comics. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, but I told you what I'm going to do. So let's give me a chance to prove myself before you start judging me or whatever. And he was just covering that he was a bully is all that was going on. And, uh, and I, he said something else and I had to push him back again. I was like, and I was, I was walking on stage to go headline in Boston and I get the email. I'm canceling the tour. He took thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars out of my pocket because I not, I didn't even do anything. Like, listen to that. (laughs) Listen to my voice. I'm like, and it was like, and not only that, it was a kick in the stomach before I even walked on stage for my other money that I was making. And it's like, and I remember my dad was in the car and he was like, oh my God. And that's the other thing to, to my guy friends and the people that, that are not like these men, to their, to their credit, what, because I'm not reacting, they're seeing what's going on. That is a really valuable thing. Like my guy friends are seeing, I was at a club. My guy friend was like, why do you only have one spot and the other guys have four? My other friend was like, oh, that guy sent you to talk to that woman because he's being a sexist. So I'm not getting, I'm not engaging. So the guys aren't having resistance. So they're able to see it. You don't have to say it. They see it. Yes. Right. But do you know how much work it takes to not say it and not react? Like, look what they do to you. I mean, Bill Bloomer writes from the uh, Wilbur. I mean, I emailed him. I said, I want to do my, and this is what I mean by that. Okay. So we're going to talk about this idea of what, maybe it is when you give people something for free that they don't like, especially shady, 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 shady guys. Like, (laughs) like, I don't think it can be nice to a monster. I don't think you can. I don't think that's the move. I think that's my weakness. Like, Sue, stop it. Stop being a good girl. Stop being a people pleaser and stop it and push these monsters back. Like, <laughs> I said, I want to do my special at the Wilbur. What do I do? He's like $9,000 a show. You got to do two shows and you can't sell any tickets because you won't sell any tickets. And I remember my chest completely caved. I was like, what? It was so bizarre. It hurt my brain. It's like domestic abuse. You're like, what do you mean I can't sell any tickets because I won't sell any tickets? How do you even? It's like, are you God? So deflating. Yes, that's what it is. That is exactly it. It knocks the wind right out of you. Yes, because it's not, they don't let you do business. It's not business. My guy friend was a money guy. He kept going, I don't understand. I don't understand. And the guys are getting frustrated. I'm like, you don't understand because it's sexism. These guys are willing to hurt their business. They're willing to do this to a big mouth like me, which I'm saying it right now on the radio. I don't care. 
What do I care? This is what the other thing is like, I was quiet for a while and I was like, oh, I got to be quiet because maybe one day they'll let me work there. First of all, no, they won't. And second of all, why would I want to work there? <laughs> but you, this is the level of like, it's that's why they win because they've been doing it forever and no one's ever been able to like, I guess they did it so much to me that I'm like, well, what? I, I don't care. I'd rather do my podcast, right? Okay, so um, so he called me a fucking loser. He emailed me. He said, I don't want to deal with a fucking loser like you. And I was like, okay, then. Name all calling. I was, all I was, name calling. That's nice. All I was asking <laughs> for is to like rent your place, get a budget, sell the tickets to make the money back for the budget and do my thing. And that's what I got. So there's no confusion there, you guys. There's none, no confusion. None. That's what goes on. Same thing with John Tobin at the Laugh Factor. I mean, at Laugh Boston. I sold out his... Um, his uh, place out by Patriot Place. Sold it out. Everybody, the whole place was like, Sue, you sold it out more than Bobby Kelly, more than Nick DiPaolo. This is just facts. This is no ego, nothing. And I was like, oh, they were like, we had to put more chairs in there. And I'm like, okay, that's good business for people, right? The guy who was hosting went on after me. I had lined and the guy who, went on, who was hosting went on 20 minutes after me. Meaning took the, the ride of my crowd and everything. And it was disrespectful. You you're know? headlining. You're supposed to go on last and say right? good night they're my crowd yeah. and they came to see me yes and he went on 20 minutes after me and i knew that a guy he wouldn't do that to a guy and i figured this isn't even real blonde hair i figured i have the business they'll listen to me i didn't think they would listen to me because they respected me i figured they would listen to me because i had the business because i had sold it out more than the guys and i called the guy that managed it and i said tomorrow night i don't want the guy to do that after me and i don't want him to bother me about it. Just take care of it for me, please. Because that's what happens with women. They physically intimidate you in the back room. Guess what? He physically came, the host physically came up, intimidated me in front of the guy who books the whole place. The guy who books the place walked away and the guy was like, you want to talk to me? You have something to talk to me about? And I still went on stage and still killed. And it's like, and then they will never let me work there again. And then I see him at Jim Brewer's thing. This is really what gets me, everybody. <laughs> this is the thing that gets, forget all that. Forget that they do all that to me, right? Then I walk by John Tobin at Jim Brewer's thing and he goes, what's up, Sue? And I go, no f fucking way, man. <laughs> oh, no, he did not. That is the one that'll get you. Oh, really? You think I'm going to take care of you and say, no, at least let me be me mad. Like, at least let me. And that's what women like we have would train to be people pleasers, to not be mad, to not be this. They don't even let you. And OK, so that's the idea. This control. The men want it, this control. It, it will take them out. But but because I used to be so scared, so afraid of it and it actually took my money, I was like, ah, I can't function. I can't do it. I can't. But I can do it because but I have to like. Literally, I feel like there has to be like some cartoon superhero of somebody that just like, like it's like they nick my shoulder and I just keep letting it go and keep letting it go, keep letting them go, let them yell at me, let them call me names, let them, let them keep going. Like, because yeah, that, I mean, that's the only way I'm going to make it. And I don't even know financially how I'm going to do this without, because that's what's going, I mean, these guys are the ones with all the money. Like, so how, so what? These, these guys are not going to let me do my brand in front of them. They're not going to, because that will mean that that will expose them. Maybe there's one guy out there that will be smart enough to do that and realize how much money he will make because it's all about to flip. The whole system's about to flip. Like even these entertainment guys, you're not going to be able to make your sexist TV shows anymore. So what are you doing? They're taking themselves down. So that's what I want to get back to. So 
it's almost like these men want to be taken down like the criminals. That's what it feels like. It feels like they want their, and that's what it is. It's their guilt. Because when I come to them straightforwardly and they come back to me with this insanity, it's like so much guilt. And it, I never understood what it was. I'm like, I'm just dealing with them one-on-one, but they're going, they have all these years of guilt and everything. And I don't, I have no, I don't care. What do you, everything I say is exactly what happened. So I don't have any, nobody's going to call me up and say, that's all what I'm like, yeah, I did. And even if they do say that, I'll go, nope, that's what happened. And I have the emails. That's the other thing. And I have the emails. That's what blows my mind. I'm like, they'll keep telling me that it didn't happen. And I'm like, I have it in writing. But that is the level of what women deal with. That's why they feel crazy. And they're coming at you intimidating, like with the big bodies and the screaming and they have all the money and the whole, they have all... So that's what it is. It's control. And, but they say a control freak will control themselves right out of a life. And I think that's what we're witnessing with these men. I think they've just, and also the other thing that I want to talk about in the next episode is gender. These gender roles that we've been assigned that I think that's why it's like going berserk because I don't think people have had it. And I think that's why you're having an upsurge of this, a lot of surgery and a lot of people not wanting to be called she and he and this whole, like everybody likes to have black and white. And it's not black and white. And that's what the whole, that's why my I am Sue Costello was white background with the black. It's like the black and white thinking. That's what gets us. And this whole idea of like, no, there's a lot of gradations. There's a lot of colors that go on in between. But it's because we're all trying to be black and white that's causing us the problems. That's at least what, and if you think about it from a race standpoint, if you think about it from any standpoint, you have to be the girl, you have to be the boy, you have to be this, you have to be that. Even sexuality is on a continuum. But everybody's so afraid to even say that. And it's like, well, you're hurting yourself. It's so stupid to me. (laughs) And I really think, I think these guys are sick of being in this role of breadwinner and and so powerful and all this. But they are terrified. Terrified. And it's almost like jump. You'll be safe. That's what I feel like I want to say. But I want to say it from afar because they're still so guilty and riddled with like, darkness that they're dangerous right now it's almost like you have to keep yourself at bay because they're so go ahead what do you have something to say why is it that men do what they do why do they assault why do they harass i'm trying to figure it out is it because that they there's their self-loathing and that they're lashing out is it because they they've been taught to do that and they feel entitled because they just because they can because they they know they'll get away with it well, why why do they do because it because the the uh, this is from a strictly like energetic standpoint because the balance of power is perverted. There, it, it breeds it. It's it. And it's everybody, like I said, they, every, nobody wants to do anything. Nobody wants to say anything. And I'm like, well, I'll say it. What do I have to lose? What are you going to do? Call me a fucking loser and not let me work at the Wilba? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if I built my whole brand on every, how everybody hated me? <laughs> I'll show you all. I'll take it and turn it into gold. You know? Right? I mean, literally, that's... I. This whole idea of like showing people like, yeah, and then, and not even hating the people. Like, I don't even hate Bill Blumenreich. I just think they're dumb. And I think I'm even, I even take my own responsibility. How did I give these guys my power? I played a part. And this is what my whole play is about. My whole play is about takes two to tango. In order to oppress somebody, they have to believe that they should be oppressed. I thought I was, the, I thought this was my role. And now all of a sudden I'm starting to step out of my role and everybody's like, Sue, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not doing that. I don't know what I'm doing over here, but I'm not going to do that anymore. And everybody's like, 
And then all of a sudden I'm getting the attention from all these guys, these big powerful guys because they're, they're liking it. But it's funny. If I had to do like a short film of it or something, it'd be like, they'd be like, come in here. And then they'd be like, get out of here. And then they'd be like, come over here. And then get out of here. It's almost like they know I'm their solution, but they're terrified to like, because they're going to have to fall on the sword with me. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to have to find one corporation, one business, some guy that's going to be like, all right, so I know what you're doing. I'm going to give you the respect you deserve. I know you're smart. I know you're easy on the eyes. I know all of it. I know you're funny. I know I hate it. And you might not ever fuck me. And I'm still going to do business with you. I need somebody to do that. So if you're out there. But so this pay what you can thing. So we're going to do a business. We're doing, I'm, 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 I'm calling on all my people. Prove me right that you guys are not going to just take it because that's what could happen. Like, do you really need to pay 10%, 10 cents for the apple? Like, because that's what I, so I was saying to Walker before we turned on the mics, like this whole idea of like, I had to learn, I was, my weakness was my people pleasing. I had a very hard time and, and I have a kind heart but I was perverting it. And then this idea of like thinking I was a loser. And then when somebody told me that's the flip side of pride, that helped me a lot too. So then you get to the middle again, not too big, not too small. I don't care if you think I'm a loser. I don't care if you think I'm great. I just want to be regular. Like that's where I stick to like this whole idea of like, I'm the best or I'm such a loser. It's the same thing. Flip side. Like, why don't I just be regular? That's what I want to be. I don't want to be too rich. I don't want to be too poor. I, and I, my friend, I had told her, I did. I, I don't know if I talked about this before, but I'm going to keep talking about it because it's, $75,000 is the highest you can get with your happiness. That's it. 75. And that sounds like middle class. That sounds like everything that's getting pushed out of the way now. Like you can have millions of dollars, but up until $75,000 is that's as high as your happiness can grow. And it makes sense that at some point it does get perverted because then they get all this money and it turns on them. And this whole idea of the energy turning on us. Like that's what I've always believed. I didn't know how to like become like a ninja like I am now and let, let it fall on people. Like, and just be like, get off of me, get that off of me, get off, get out. Like that guy in China, like, good, do what you got to do. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. You try to take my legs out from underneath me. I'm going to stand right back up and I'm going to keep going. That radical acceptance. Like I'm my ability to tolerate, to see how bad things are is the key to my life. I have one more question for you. Sure. Is not losing your power does it have to do with uh, taking the hits and you keep going? Or is it taking yourself out of situations and circumstances where the hits are taking place to begin with? No, I, what I'm learning how to do is being in the middle. I'm going far enough in to find out what's really going on and then pushing back because I didn't know how to be kind and be strong. That's what I was saying. I didn't know how to... It's almost like uh, I was being either judgmental before it happened, projecting my fear and saying that's what's going to happen, or completely giving myself over to everybody pushing me around. And now what I'm learning how to do is what everybody's afraid to do, which is like, what if I go in and they, they screw me over? What if I go in and I act, you know, I get mad or it makes me uncomfortable. And then what I'm doing is I'm like, oh, oh, it all makes me uncomfortable, like all day long from the second I wake up. And I'm like, oh, I think my ho that whole thing that I said, whatever you resist will persist, like, I spent my whole life trying to think that I was never going to be uncomfortable. And now I'm like, oh, why don't I just say, oh, yeah, that's what's going to happen every day. And then I'm free. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then the person and they and, you know, it's interesting, the less emotional I am, they all have the same game. It's it's narcissism. It's it's not even, I don't know, narcissism, whatever that gives them more power. I think it's just big baby blobs is what I told my friend. Bunch of baby blobs. That's all it is. Baby blobs. These guys are like big baby blobs and they take their ball and they go home. 
but they've been given this power to answer your question about this. Why are they doing it? Because they're given this power with no boundaries. Like think about a child. Like they don't have any, even from a sexual standpoint, like you got to teach people you don't do that. You do that in your room. Like you give people boundaries, like these guys. And, and, and then we could go into the question of how boys are raised. Boys are raised in a lot of families that they're like the prize. They're the good, you know, you hear that on TV a million times. And then the girls get socialized that we're the less than. And the boys get socialized that they're the prize, but they don't get any boundaries. And then you have a grown man who wishes he had boundaries from his mother. And he starts pushing them on a grown woman. And you're like, why are you taking your mother issues out on me? Because nobody set them with them. And so what I'm doing, or we would become the mother in the in the unhealthy way where we abandon ourselves, which is... This also this idea we're both trying that we're socialized. That's why I want to talk about the gender in the next episode. This idea of like, I'm going to change you. You're going to change me instead of cutting the cord and being like, I'm going to be me and you be you. And we'll have some space in between, which is the play too, dancing space, leaving room for the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, love, leaving room for like, no, not that icky codependency that everybody's just that addiction and that like trying to live off everybody's energy. And it just gets passed everywhere. And that's the idea of like, somebody has to stop it. And I just love that idea of like, calm down. Like these guys are like, and they're acting worse. And you're like, you're going to get in more trouble. But I used to try to save them. And that's the other thing. They want you to save them under their control. And it's like, no, that's not how it's going to work. You want me to come around, you're going to do it my way too. Because anytime I've asked for what I wanted, they take the ball and go home. So the, the unspoken agreement is you push yourself down. You have a lot of value. Actually, you have more value than me. I'm going to make money off you. You push yourself down. You don't have any value. You don't have any worth. You don't have any say or else I'm going to take my ball and go home. The ball that everybody gave me since I was a little kid when my mother told me I was better. It's like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't care. I told you four people listening. I don't care. I can't. I'll die. I will die if I don't start doing something different. So next episode, we're going to be talking about gender with an A-H at the end. That's all for now, folks. 